you guys have any Christmas traditions, I'm going to start one this year where every Christmas we're going to get by the tree and I'm going to read the Christmas story to my kids right before they open up their presents, right? Oh, that'll be so sweet. And they're going to hate me for it because all they're going to want to do is open up those presents. But we're all going to sit together as a family and I will go through the story. And if my kids are anything like me, it's definitely going to be a big problem. I was the kid that was like 17 and still waking up at 5 a.m. Can anyone else... Is anyone else with me on that? Okay, a couple of you guys. That makes me feel better. Um, There are a couple of other traditions that are really important to me. I love Christmas movies, and like that totally gets me like in the spirit of Christmas. I have a couple of favorites. Um, Home Alone, right? That's a great one. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, probably my second favorite. I love Elf. Any, Any Elf fans in the room? Okay. So Christmas movies get me into the Christmas spirit, and I know what you're thinking. You're like, that's great theology, Joey. Like, do you know what Christmas is actually about? It's the birth of our Savior. Like, you guys can stop judging me. For some reason, that's something that really gets me into the Christmas spirit. I know it's probably not very sound. Um, but we all have different traditions. And last night we were hanging out as a staff and we were talking about some different things that we do in all of our families. And I talked about how growing up, and maybe some of you guys can relate to this too, my mom made us open one gift at a time. And we all had to watch that one person open up that gift. And that is torture. Does anyone else have to do that in their family? And some of the people in the room, uh, while we were talking about it as a staff, were like, yeah, I love that. I get to describe exactly what this gift means to me. Guys, that is not me. Like, I need to tear through what is under the tree, because your boy got to get his presents, right? And I would have to watch, like, my sisters, like, open it in, like, slow motion. You guys have anyone that opens up their gifts, like, so slow, and you you just want to kick them so hard. Like, you're supposed to be like the happiest time of the year and you're like ready to inflict violence on everyone in your family, right? Okay, I'm not the only one. That makes me feel good, right? And so we all have these different traditions. Another big one for me is during Christmas time, I really like to do Christmas Mad Lips. And it's kind of become a tradition here. And so I would like to do one tonight. And I need someone who actually knows what a noun is, right? A verb. If you don't know what it is, do not come up because this happens year after year. Like I call someone up and I have to tell them what it is. And sometimes I forget. So let's not get into an awkward position here tonight. Okay. Right. Who like who you promise me, you know. All right. And guys, we're in church. So this needs to say PG. Okay. Shane, you want to come up? Okay. Come on, Shane. Yeah, Shane. All right, bud. Here's what I need. I need an ad- whoa, 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 whoa. I need an adjective from you. Adjective. adjective. Whoa, I said that wrong. Smelly. Smelly. I need a color. Blue. Blue. And then I need another color. Green. Green. How do you know it's an adjective? I was reading what he wrote, judgmental, all right, this is Christmas, an adjective. Something good, Shane. Yeah, enchanted. What? Enchanted. Enchanted. I don't know what that is. Enchanted? Enchanted? Enchanting. Enchanting. I see I said education. I need an animal. Giraffe. I need a verb. Uh, 
Run. I need a noun. Jesus, yeah, Jesus. All right, all right, all right. Noun. Wait, wait. Guys, is Shane doing this or are you doing this? All right, Shane, finish. Noun. Santa. Santa. Verb ending in ing. Farting. Farting. I need a plural noun. <laughs> the man needs a minute to think. Brothers. Brothers. Um, I need another plural noun. Cousins. Cousins. All right, man. And then last one, a plural noun. Friends. Friends. Whoa. Tell us how you really feel. Okay. I get, Shane, thank you so much. You can take a seat. Everyone get up for Shane. All right, you guys ready for this? All right, here we go. The Grinch is a smelly blue creature with green eyes who does not like Christmas cheer. When he sees people celebrating Christmas, it makes him enchanting. He and his giraffe, Max, try to run Christmas for people in the town of Santaville, but farting their Christmas brothers, okay? When the people still have Christmas cheer, even without cousins, the Grinch decides to return to the friends and celebrates Christmas after all. I feel like that had a sweet ending at least, right? Give it up to shame. And what I want to talk to you guys about tonight is this. Does it ever feel like there are things that are happening in your life that just don't fit? Like sometimes there's these events that take place that seem like they're totally off course of what you feel like God has placed in your heart. And at one time or another, we all go through something like that, where we feel like we're headed towards something. And all of a sudden, there's all these bumps in the road. And suddenly, it feels like we're making all of these wrong turns. And the worst part is that we feel like God is directing all of this. And when that happens, it's really easy to look up at heaven and go, God, where are you in all of this? It feels like my life is making all of these wrong t- turns. It feels like I am completely off course in my life. Why are things happening this way? You've placed this vision in my heart, or I had this dream of what my family should look like, and it seems like it's the complete opposite of everyone else's family or what everyone else's life looks like. Because I had to talk to someone this week where everything is just going wrong in their life. And they're getting bad news after bad news, and my heart just breaks for this person. Like, it seemed for a little bit, things were finally turning for the better. And this is a person that I care about so much. And while they were in the middle of finally having a good moment, things got completely worse than they ever were. And I had to talk to this person, and I had to tell them that God has a plan behind all of this. And it's so hard when you're in the middle of it. As I'm trying to encourage this person and thing after thing is going wrong, it just seems like God doesn't care about the details sometimes. It feels like God doesn't care about the day in and day out stuff. And some of you guys are facing some really difficult things. And it just feels like God is throwing you a curveball 
Every single time you step up to bat and you are really discouraged. Guys, the Christmas story may just have something to speak to you and I tonight. And we have the Christmas story made up in our minds, right? We, we know it so well. We've heard it a million times. Guys, but there is so much power in this story that we miss sometimes. And I hope tonight that maybe you can see it in a different light. Guys, maybe these aren't random events that are happening in your life. And that's almost hard to hear, isn't it? Because if they're not random, then God is allowing some of these things to happen. But maybe the random, difficult things that we are currently going through are for our good. That's really hard to hear. I don't even like saying that time, saying that sometimes from the stage. Because that can really hurt. Because when real life hits, when you guys leave this place, you still have to deal with that issue. And you have faced with the choice on whether you're going to trust God or not in the middle of what you are going through. And here's what you need to understand about the Christmas story. Is that the Jewish people were waiting for a really long time for their Savior to come. There were generations that passed that never received the promise that they were waiting for. See, they knew that their Savior was coming, but it felt like heaven had gone silent. And some of you guys feel like God is silent tonight. You feel like you've been crying out in prayer, and there is no answer. Guys, it's really hard when it feels like God isn't answering, because our minds immediately go to the thought, that maybe he's not real, or maybe he doesn't care about me at all. Um, I do not like surprises. I hate surprises, so just so you guys know that. And right now, my uh, senior community group is doing a secret Santa, and we have kept it a complete surprise. And I am just so nervous about it. And it's going to be so funny because everyone low-key hates each other. No, I'm just kidding. Every, everyone like, has some like low-key, not even low-key, like high-key tea with each other. If you don't know what tea is, I'll explain to you what that is after service. And you know that there is some like really awkward pairings, and I cannot wait for people to open up their gifts because it's going to be so funny, right? Guys, these people weren't surprised. They knew that a Savior was coming. They just didn't know when. And sometimes our timeline doesn't always match up with God's. We want it to, right? We, ha we have an idea of what our life should look like. We have that checklist of how everything should fall into place. Rarely does it happen that way, guys. And that's normally for our good. And I hope to show you to that tonight as we work through this story. And I, I was praying all week. I was like, God, please give me something new to speak about in the Christmas story because I've done this for so many years. And sometimes pastors, we always want something new to bring. But sometimes it's the old powerful truths that really can change lives. And I do believe that God opened up my eyes to talk about something in this story in a fresh way that I never have before and I'm excited to but it is the old, powerful truths that never change, that really can change your heart and your life. And so as we work through this, just because you heard it before, don't just listen and think this is going to be another Christmas message. Really let your heart be affected tonight. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. And let me give you guys a little bit of background here. 
The angel has already visited Mary at this point, and she has gotten some really crazy news that she is going to have a virgin birth, right? And he is going to be the savior of the world. And his name is going to be Jesus. And she was terrified with this news, guys. This wasn't easy for her to hear. She had to go explain this to her fiance now. And in that culture, things like cheating weren't taken lightly. Normally, if someone cheated on their spouse beforehand, that'd be cause to stone them. So there was definitely a little bit of fear in her heart as she had to share all of this. But Mary was chosen by God because she trusted him. And she told the news to Joseph. And we see that an angel also visits Joseph and tells him about what is going to happen. And so they both had to have really big faith in all of this because it wasn't easy. And so we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 2. And this is what it says in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should, take, should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their town to register. So Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judah, to Bethlehem to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Guys, there is some really important historical facts because this census can be traced back in history, that this was something that actually happened. And that is important for some of you guys in the room tonight because some of you are doubting. Like, did this really actually happen? Or is this just a story that we hear every year during Christmas? No, there is historical facts behind this. That this census actually happened, and these names and these places are accurate for the time period that it was. So for some of you guys that really need some hard evidence, there is evidence to be found that this stuff is true. And a great resource for this is something that our lead pastor did, and it's called the Evidence Series. And any of you guys that are, feel like you're struggling in your faith and you're not sure if this really could be trusted, I would love to hook you up with that resource because there is so much truth that can be found in historical records by people who weren't Christians, by people who were just keeping up with all of the facts that were happening during that time. And the second one is this, and this one is so important to me. There were prophecies in the Old Testament that talked about this happening, that the Savior would come through the line of David and that he would be born in Bethlehem. And we see God working all of the pieces together right here. And so maybe this felt like an inconvenience for them at the time. But God was making prophecy fall into place. Because it's not easy to travel with a pregnant woman. It's not like they just called up an Uber or they got in a plane. Like They had to go by donkey to a far place. And maybe that seemed to them like a curveball from God. Maybe that seemed like it was something really difficult for them to go through. 
And so here they are, trusting God anyway, walking through this process. This is what it says in the next verse. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest rooms available for them. So while they are on this journey, the time has come for the baby to be born. And there are no rooms available. They can't find anywhere to stay. Because doesn't that seem like it makes no sense? Where is God in all of this? He is about to give this world the greatest gift that it has ever received, and he hasn't thought about a place for him to be born. When we think about that with our earthly minds and we can't see the full picture of what God is painting, we can think that God has abandoned them, that God has forgotten about the promise. I wonder if Mary and Joseph ever thought that God had given up on them. I wonder if they thought maybe they dreamt everything with the angels, that the promise wasn't real. Some of you guys can relate to this tonight. It just feels like everything is a mess, like things are just so crazy in your life. How does it make sense that the king of the world is born in a manger? Don't you think he'd be born in a palace with all these wealthy people surrounding him? How does this make any sense? And you're looking at some of the things in your life tonight, and they don't make any sense. Because maybe God is doing something behind the scenes that you can't see right now. And this story tells us that if he was willing to put his own son through it, that maybe he's willing to let us go through some difficult things. Not because he doesn't love us and not because he doesn't care about us, but because his plans are greater than ours. And if we could see his plans, we would want the same thing that he has dreamt for us. Guys, this is one of the reasons why the Jewish people had such a hard time accepting Jesus as their savior. They wanted the Lion of Judah. They wanted him to come as a warrior. Instead, he came as a humble baby. But it was still God in flesh. Because God was willing to become one of us, fully God and fully man. This is a divine process that sometimes our minds have a hard time wrapping around. But he chose to do this because he loved us so very much. That in itself is ridiculous in its nature, that God would love us so much, a sinful, broken people, that he would come and live as one of us, the life that we could never live, the perfect life. And it's so easy to get caught up in so much during this Christmas season because this is what it will always be about. The greatest gift that you and I have ever received. And we're all going to open up a ton of presents, and, and that's exciting. But every present that you open up should be a reminder of the greatest gift that was ever given to us. That allows us to know what real life is. And one day, we will know what perfect joy and perfect peace and perfect life is. All because of this. But at this point, guys, 
It just seems like it makes no sense. Jesus born here in a manger. Let's look at this next verse. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Because this is where I want to focus in a little bit tonight. This is where I felt like God really spoke to me. Shepherds didn't have a lot of value. People looked down on shepherds. So this is also another ridiculous part of the story that, that doesn't make sense. It almost feels like God is up in heaven just throwing all of this together. Like why wouldn't he go to the really important people, the religious leaders of that day, and tell them that the Son of God is now born? Why would he go to these shepherds who everyone else thought were worthless, who everyone else thought were the low point of society? And you know what, guys? They probably were the low point of society. Often shepherds weren't the most religious people if I had to choose a word for that time. They didn't have it all together in their life. They were known for a lot of their sinful ways. Why would God send an angel to tell them of all people? We get another moment here that almost seems like it makes no sense. This is what it says in the next verse. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And guys, so this angel comes and they know that they are sinful men. And they are overwhelmed completely. They feel like they are going to die. I love watching some of you guys when a new pastor comes in and some of you guys get like so nervous. It's so easy to look at this story and be like, I wouldn't be scared. It's, it's just an angel that's coming. That's just kind of cool, right? I see some of you guys when a new worship leader comes along or a new pastor and you guys get a little nervous to talk to them. Have you guys seen this meme? It should be in there. No? It's not in there? Okay, so what happens in the meme, it's like SpongeBob making this ridiculous face, and it says, um, when you meet the new worship leader for the first time, guys, when we go to Tuscarora, I can't wait to see some of your reactions when you guys meet Ben Schneider for the first time, right? I've seen, like, people melt when they meet him. So, like, imagine how these angels feel right now, right? Like, forget Ben. Like, this, they're looking at an angel right now. And they are terrified because the glory of God is all around this angel. And they are blown away that it would happen to them. But I think what they say at the end of this verse is so important. It was joy for all people. And that's what this was all about. I think this is what God was trying to tell us, is that Jesus didn't come for the people that have it all together. He didn't come just for the religious leaders. He came for the broken, and he came for the people that have it all together. He came for the poor, and he came for the wealthy. There is no one that is beyond the reach of this gift that God has given us. And I think it shows us God's heart for sinners. 
that he was willing to go to these men first. And some of you guys feel in your heart that you are just too messed up. You feel like God doesn't love you. You feel like you have pushed him away too many times. No, what I see right here is a God that loves you so much. And this gift of Jesus is for all people. People who have lived a good life. People that have it together and people who don't. People that say that they love him and still mess up sometimes. But pick themselves back up and go back towards him. That's what this speaks to me. Stop writing yourself off. Stop telling yourself that God doesn't care about you. Because he came for you. Think about that for a moment. He was born for you. Even if you are full of doubt tonight, even if you are full of anger tonight, he came for you, for the good and the bad. Let's look at this next verse now. Verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped Enclosed and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us. About. And guys, I'm sure that they were completely blown away at everything that was happening. And they go and they see what God has done. And as I was studying a little bit about the shepherds to see why God went to them first, that is the first and foremost reason is to show the world that he is for everyone. But the second is this, and historians and theologians argue about this, but I just thought that this was an interesting fact. Now, this isn't in Scripture, so you don't take this as God's word because there's debate about it. Some say that this was definitely true, and others say it's a little uncertain. But there was a place right outside of Bethlehem where some theologians believe that these shepherds were hanging out. And the name of that was Migdel Eder. And I know that sounds like something out of Lord of the Rings, but it is actually translated to the Tower of the Flock. And what happened with these lambs was that they were taken care of in a different way than any other lambs. These were seen as special. One day, they were going to be made sacrifices. And so there was great care given to them. And one historian said this, is that oftentimes they had their health checked by resting them in a manger. And sometimes they were even wrapped in swaddling clothes to show that they were special. Guys, does that remind you of anyone else? Like I said before, one of the names that's given to Jesus is the Lamb of God, who would one day be the sacrifice for all of us. Do you guys get that Jesus was born to die? And he knew that probably from a young age. And not for a moment 
did he ever waver in his conviction because it was always about love. It was always about you. And you meant so much to him that he was willing to do this through every step of the process because he cared about you that much. Let's look at this next verse. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Because the thing that really sticks out to me in all of this is what Mary says in this moment, or what Luke says that Mary did, is that she treasured all of these things in her heart. And I think Mary thought back to when that angel first visited her and all the fear that she felt, and maybe all the uncertainty, but the choice that she made to trust God in the middle of all of it. And she thought about every single time that it felt like God was leading them off course. Really, he was leading them to their perfect destiny. And in her heart, she took all of these things, and she remembered how God had provided every step of the way, even when it seemed like everything didn't make sense, when it seemed like things were getting more difficult and more ridiculous, she trusted anyway. And now, here she is in a manger with these shepherds visiting her, taking in all that God has done, holding the Savior of the world in her arms. And you know what that tells me, guys? Is that with the uncertain things in our lives, we can trust God. When it seems like everything is taking us off the path that we're supposed to be on, that we should trust him every way, anyway because he knows what he is doing. He knows what he is working and he loves you. He's not gonna give up on you guys now. He is working every single detail in your life together, even if you don't understand it. And the best thing that you and I can do is trust him because one day we'll be like Mary and we'll think back and we'll remember all the ways that God had provided for us in all the ways that he had pulled us through some really difficult things and we'll see all the good that he accomplished with every wrong turn that it felt like we were making. He was there every single step of the way. You can trust him in what you are going through today. And God takes the things that look like a mess and he makes them into a masterpiece. And we just see small parts of the painting sometimes, guys. And when you only see a small part of it, it is so easy to get discouraged. It is so easy to let it look like a mess, but he is making a masterpiece out of all of your lives. And here's the bottom line. What I want you guys all to remember is that Jesus' birth reminds us that God is at work in every detail. He is close and he loves you, and he's fighting your battles. And sometimes all we have to do is just trust him and believe 
that he is who he says he is. Let me pray for you guys. God, I thank you so much for this gift that you have given us, that you loved us enough to send your son who you loved, God, but you chose us. Thank you, Lord, for that gift that we don't deserve. And I pray that this Christmas season, we wouldn't get caught up in all the things that don't really matter, that we would remember the greatest gift that we could ever have been given. Thank you, Jesus, that you were born to die, that the wrong things that I have done in my life and every wrong thing that's ever been committed in this room is no longer held against us. It's you that speaks on our behalf now and calls us the righteousness of God. I pray that you would encourage some hearts who are really hurting during this time. For some people, it's easy to get caught up in the pain of Christmas because of all that they've experienced in their past. But I pray tonight, God, that you would show them the real meaning, that they can let go of their burdens, that they can let go of their hurts, that the ultimate meaning is that God has come in the flesh to save us from our brokenness, from our broken families, from the broken choices that we have made and that others have made. We love you, God. We're so grateful for all that you've done. I want to give you guys an opportunity to respond. If you have never placed your faith in Jesus before, I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. And this prayer doesn't mean that you never have a doubt again. It doesn't mean that you have everything figured out about this whole God thing. It just means that you're starting a relationship with Jesus. And so if that's you, you can just pray this silently. No one has to say it out loud. I'm not gonna make you come up front, but you just pray this prayer in your heart. Jesus, I believe that you were born to die for me. I believe that you lived a perfect life and you died on a cross for my sins and you rose again in victory. I believe that you are doing something in my life tonight and I want to walk in it. Would you be the savior of my life? If you prayed that prayer for the very first time with no one else looking around, would you just look at me real quick if tonight was your very first time praying that prayer? Awesome. Jesus, we love you. We pray that you would come in power as we sing to you one more time.